Scubub's Fest, the weekly podcast. We talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear to places to dive in scuba the news. Obsessed episode 416 is recorded live August 8th, 2019. Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from the southwest side of the great state of Michigan. Joining me this week, we have Mac, the dive mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm doing very well, and I'm almost dry. Almost dry. So uh, I take that means that you were able to uh, find a way to get in the water today. Yeah, we finally got into the river. So when you when you say the river, that's as opposed to Lake Michigan. That would be the St. Joe. That is St. Joe and Niles. Yes. So how was it? It was ripping, <laughs> <laughs> almost like St. Clair River. It was. Wow. Exceedingly fast. I would not have taken a novice there by any stretch. Imagine. Uh, if we did oh, not have the boat, you would not be going across the river like we do during the summer sometime. Mm-hmm. You would have started at the dam and then tried to get across. And by the time you got to uh, Niles, the normal area, you would have been on that side. I'm I'm a little surprised that it was ripping. I don't recall us having much rain. We had a little bit yesterday but it wasn't anything significant it would get your attention yeah and again it was fast enough that you could not take a float or flag and if you had a goodie bag uh you put it somewhere else because it's too much drag yeah well that's the nice thing about a boat is you probably what, what were you using for a dive flag did you have a we had three flags out we had the boat then we had the two trailing lines Mm-hmm. Because if you went by and you missed the boat, you were going to need that line to get back on board. <laughs> and yeah. fortunately, he's got that real long ladder, so you can actually stand up in the water, put your feet in the ladder. Otherwise, that would have been a real pain in the buttons trying to come up that ladder with that current. And visibility in certain parts was uh, five feet, and in certain parts it was about two feet. And lots and lots of tree limbs and sharps rods and rebar that uh, you were very careful when you proceeded back downstream. Well, very nice. I'm glad to see that you were able to get in there. Yep. Yeah, Eric's saying it's a lot of water still running from the high lakes. (laughs) Maybe, I guess. Uh, Usually when we see it really ripping is when we've had either a few days of regular rain or You've just had a little bit of rain, but it's been the whole basin that feeds into the St. Joe. But Well, we maybe, had over an inch of rain here on Tuesday. Well, I, I guess maybe being in my office, I didn't realize we had that much. Yeah. So that could do it. Well, let's go ahead and jump right on into the news. I'd like to thank everybody who's in the chat room. We have uh, Derek and Eric, the old diehards, and we also have Scuba Bull has shown up in there. So let's take a look at this first article. And this may be a duplicate. I'm trying to remember. Um, well, it covered um, part of this last week, but this may be yeah. an addition. 
Remember, they were having difficulties, and the picture on it is totally different than last week. Yeah, it says the Canadian military recovers detonates and unexploded mines from a World War II shipwrecks. The Canadian Armed Forces have recovered and detonated dozens of unexploded munitions from World War II shipwrecks in the coast of Newfoundland. Mission off Bell Island, Newfoundland, Canada Navy, Canadian Navy divers carefully retrieved shells and ammunition from two of four wrecked merchant ships in Conception Bay, South Newfoundland, and Labrador. The removal project ended July 24th, according to a statement released by the Department of Natural Defense and Canadian Armed Forces. CBC reports the ships were sunk by German U-boats in 1942. Divers recovered 82 shells. Two boxes of 303 rounds from the wreck of the SS Rose Castle and SS. Uh, I I slaughtered this last week. Saganaga, something like that. I I feel like I'm missing a syllable. The ships are now fully cleared of explosives. The munitions have been disposed of, according to officials. The dive team also concluded reconnaissance on the other two wrecks: the SS Lord uh, Strathcona and ML. Uh, PLM-27 in preparation for future munition recovery mission. In addition to bringing the munition up from the depth, the CBC reports the divers and the Canadian Navy had to contend with difficult weather during the recovery mission. On August 2nd, Canadian Armed Forces operated uh, operations, goodness, tweeted a picture of the shell recovered from the SS Rose Castle on July 20th. The shell it noted still displayed the make and manufacturing number number engraved on the firing ring. Oh, did you see that photo, Mac? That's not that's a pretty nice Which photo? It's in the article. Let me see, I'll paste it into the chat room. Oops, no, I can't. It's not gonna let me do that. Maybe. Here, I just put the photo there. Uh, carefully lifted up, uh, the munitions were transported back to port. Video shows ordnance being loudly detonated in a rural location. And then there's just some other stuff in the article. So I think we may have covered this, but this had some additional photos and just a little bit different angle on it. So uh, I wonder, I haven't seen anything that says when they're going to come back and take a look at the other ships, but I'm guessing it's probably going to be next year. At the earliest. Can't tell if the boat is on station or not, because if it is, it's not really far offshore. And then we have a Washington woman who posed with an octopus on her face has now been hospitalized. Washington state woman landed in the emergency room after she posed with a venomous octopus on her face to win a photo competition, according to report. Jamie, let's see, Bishgilla said she thought the risky photo op might win her a prize at the Fishing Derby Friday in Tacoma Narrows. It was a photo contest in the Derby. So crazy me, hindsight now, and looking back, I probably made a big mistake, she said. With a big grin wide and arms outstretched, she posed a small octopus which hooked its tentacles on her face. But during the photo shoot she was bitten twice by the sea creature which contains poisonous venom it was really intense pain when it went inside and and it just bled dripping blood for a long time for two days she tried to push through the pain and swelling but ultimately went to the hospital for treatment i'm still in pain she said i'm on three different 
antibiotics. This came and go and swelling for months, they say. Uh, she said she learned an important lesson. This was not a good idea. I will never do it again. Duh. <laughs> do you see the pictures of the... Uh... The one below it? Yeah. Uh, I bet she got bit on the butt cheek. Yeah, and I'll paste that in the chat room. So this is going to be... Uh... <laughs> This is going to be a, a a chat room only. You'll have to log in the chat room if you want to see this photo. Now, which is that? Is that a blue ring octopus, the small one that's very poisonous? Obviously, it wasn't that one that bit her. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I know there are some that are extremely yeah, poisonous. poisonous. Yeah, and if you got bit in the face with that one, I keep thinking it's the blue ring or something. Very deadly, very small one. Yeah, Derek says blue rings kill you. Yeah. That would be like taking a venomous sea snake, biting it between your teeth, and letting the head come back and smack in the cheek. I wonder if she wanted the photo shoot. Yeah, and then Eric pasted one of uh, uh, another woman who had a octopus on her face. You know, the, I, I think they just need to be in the don't mess with them. Ah. <laughs> uh. And then uh, let's see, this is a little bit more upbeat. Uh, three diving world records broken in Manado. No idea if I'm even close to saying that right. Three diving world records were broken during the Guinness World Records attempt initiated by Indonesian Women's Organization, or WASI, on August 1st through the 3rd. Megamas Beach in Mando, Manado. Manado? Manado? And I'm not going to say what the country name is. Uh, the divers made waves by breaking the world record for the longest human chain underwater on August 1st. Two later on August 3rd, the group broke the record for the most people scuba diving simultaneously in the largest flag unfurled underwater. WASI head, and we'll just call her Tri, whose husband is National Police Chief, said that she was very proud of the event's success. Emmett's Proud achievement for Indonesia and everyone involved. There are three records are a gift for the 74th Independence Day of Indonesia, our beloved country. Hopefully this will motivate us to keep doing our best for our country. The group formed the longest human chain underwater with 578 divers who dived at 8.40 a.m. local time Thursday morning and linked hands for 10 minutes in an underwater chain. Previous world record attempt was 386 divers in the United States in 2018. They broke the second Guinness record with 3,131 Indonesian and foreign divers who simultaneously at around 8.50 a.m. on Saturday and emerged 15 minutes later. The site uh, was also the site of the previous world record, which involved 2,465 dives in 2019. The group immediately filed the second record template's third unfurling of 1,000 and 14-square-meter Indonesian flag during an underwater flag ceremony to break the previous attempt, which was made in 2017 when a 166.62-square-meter flag was unfurled underwater in Australia. So they didn't just beat the record. They smashed it. Uh, and it was officiated over by uh, an adjudicator from Guinness. Uh, Wasi had prepared for the event over a year to make sure it could happen. We discussed and surveyed and did all to break the three attempts at once. 
Breaking one record is already difficult, but we will attempt to break three once, she said. Our aim is to introduce people to diving. If people taste a single dive and sees the beauty, they will fall in love with the sea in order to protect it, said Try. Uh, and they go on and talk about some other things. But that's, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a serious organization effort. To, you think? Uh, 3,131. I mean, that's that's just huge. We're talking about the female one, too. In 2018, uh, they attempted the same year to break the Indonesian Museum of Records for the most women diving simultaneously, involving 930 female divers. They're diving fools. Yeah. Let's see. I was, look, I was looking at the picture, and it seems like everybody's wearing yellow. Or a large wonder, majority of them. I wonder if that was a way of counting them. You know, did did you sign up and you got the shirt and you had to put it on and wear it? Because it certainly know. makes them visible. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to see if there's anybody in the photo who's a diver not wearing one. And yeah, the first guy, the fourth guy to the right in the front, he does not have yellow on. Okay. Holding one of the flags. Yep. And they got some, there must have be a festival going on because you've seen the background. Yeah. Looks like they had some uh, tall ships. Yes, it does. I know. Three mask schooner on the one double mask with a high decking. I don't, that's an unusual deck on it. Kind of a, it looks like a, a little bit of a modern boner just painted, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a, a junk style almost. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. Glad, to, glad they got some sort of support. I mean, you think about 3,000. Could you even get 3,000 divers in our area? Like our world underwater, what's the attendance for that's not 3,000. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it runs for, you know, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you'll yeah. you'll collectively get that, man. Yeah. And in the old days, you certainly got it. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice to see that we could. I'm not, I'm not so much big on actually breaking records, but it'd be nice just to see that many people diving. Well, you know, they have tried a few at the quarries of the most divers in the quarry on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Remember? That was a couple of hundred. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, we're not even approaching anything close to these numbers. Well, not 3,000, that's for sure. Yeah. And it was funny, though. Here we go. Well, what, 578 divers on the chain. The one before that was about 300 and something, so they almost doubled the number Yeah, on that well, one. And what was it last week? They had the big event there in Florida. Covered that one, remember? Yeah, and I can't. I, record number of, I can't remember the number of divers, no. No, but no, it wasn't not, this many. No, no, it wasn't. But in Florida, I kind of expect it because it's a destination, so you have people coming. Uh, but Michigan, it should be. I mean, we should be able to put together – Maybe not three thousand, but yeah, you know, we should be able to do an event that would get some. But you got to do it. You got to hold the event, and you build on it every year. You don't start from nothing and then end up with three thousand, which they kind of proved. Oh well, I wonder how deep this bay-looking place is. I mean, that's a nice big section, contained. Looks like it's mm-hmm. got break walls on the left and right, and it looks like all these guys here are standing up. And yeah. if you're looking at the bottom, it almost looks like coral or something. So I just wonder how far off that extended. 
Yeah, that's a protected area. I mean, uh, places we would have, I think, you know, Traverse City, Traverse Bay there might not be a bad spot, but it gets deep real quick. I mean, you're not going to be, you know, 100 yards out and. Well, even Duncan Bay, because that would be another place for us. Oh, yeah. Sheboygan, protected yeah, area. Nice. But, you know, the, you got to have a place to get them into the water at. Yeah, you'd have to Duncan stay. Duncan Bay. You almost need a pier. And I'm, willing to, would... I'm willing to bet they're a little warmer there, too. <laughs> yeah. They, I don't they, see anybody with a hood. No, they, they do look a little warmer. But I remember, uh, you know, a couple of weeks when we get, divers up there uh, near Sheboygan. Uh, I don't remember. the. I think the water was pretty warm. It was certainly wetsuit weather. Oh, yeah, wetsuit, but uh, for shallow in Duncan Bay. But you start getting on the wrecks, and you're not going to be wearing a wetsuit if you're going to do any length of of time. Yep. Well, kudos to them. It'd be fun to have been there also. Yep. And besides, yellow is my color in it. Well, here we have scuba divers to clean up Lower Harbor. This one's out of Marquette, Michigan. Dozens of scuba divers will gather in Marquette's Lower Harbor this weekend to clean up things that were left behind. Volunteer divers will bring up years of discarded and dropped trash. In particular, they'll be collecting old tires that have fallen off the docks, uh, which were being used for bumpers. Ah. Divers that had them off the topside volunteers in the city of Marquette will dispose of this trash. Organizer Don Fassbender says... The response of this kind of cleanup has been great. I am overwhelmed with the number of people and positive responses we have received from the community. There's all kinds of folks who want to help. There's even people who want to learn how to scuba dive just so they can get involved in this. But you really don't need to do that, even if you haven't been diving in years. In years, we certainly can use your hand on the boats. The cleanup event will take place this Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. The public is invited to watch and volunteer. So, yeah, he's he's doing the call out for shore support as well. You can't do it without it. Very hard to bring those tires up if you don't have buddy on shore to take them from you. Yeah. And if you can't come up to a dock area and just hand it up where they can put a lanyard on it or something, you just yeah. cannot do it. Yeah, the, the best way is to have, especially with tires, would be to have two people above and then one below. And it also depends on what the tire is. Uh I think the last tire I got out of the river for the Ecology Day last year, that tire was like a semi-tire. That was ridiculous. Yeah. And they usually have mud in half of it. So, and until you've, I mean, it's, you got water, even, even the best of conditions, you've got water in about a quarter of it when you bring it up. And occasionally you find them still with a rim, which makes it a lot heavier. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, two, at least two people on shore, and then if you have some way of, you know, a chain or a hook or something to, to pull it up. Then another way people are trying to uh, do a little bit of reduce and reuse, the world's first fully wetsuit could save the ocean just needs to be invented. Um, a British outdoor apparel company is putting the theory in, in the practice of working to make the world's first fully recyclable wetsuit, Finisterre, was founded by Tom K. 15 years ago and has been making its sleek suits out of biodegradable rubber called, was it Econol? Recycled nylon made from discarded fishing nets and carpet tiles for a while now, but that's not enough anymore. Over the past 18 months, the company has been focusing on how to figure out a way to make wetsuits from wetsuits and create the first fully 
recyclable wetsuit along the way. While they haven't cracked the problem yet, according to the company, they're getting closer to uh, thanks to hiring a woman they believe is the world's only full-time wetsuit recycling innovator, Jenny Banks. Banks is trying to develop a process to create a fully recyclable wetsuit, but is running into a black box of research. Conventional wetsuits can contain as many as 15 different materials that are nearly impossible to separate at the end of the suit's life. And there reportedly isn't much research in the process. Either manufacturing companies are keeping a tight grip on research into wetsuit properties, or they simply haven't bothered to innovate in the basic wetsuit since it was invented in 1952. That means Banks is more or less starting from scratch as she tries to design a wetsuit that's effective, recyclable, stylish, and hopefully not too expensive so customers will actually buy it. The project's taking longer than initially planned, but they are seeking, seeing progress and hopefully forward-thinking outdoor apparel company would like to help fund their mission to innovate the wetsuit industry and save the seas they love. <clears throat> I'm not so, quite sure how I understand that. how is that going to save the oceans just from having recyclable wetsuits. Yeah. No, I, uh, well, and plus what's, I don't, I'm going to say that I doubt the percentage of wetsuits being deposited into the oceans is that great. I would. Yeah. What's the picture? I haven't figured that out. Is that just somebody exhaling? It's a snorkeler. Yeah. It's a snorkeler and he's just breathing out through his nose. So, uh, and, and they were talking about how many materials, you know, you look at the modern wetsuit, it's pretty much neoprene stitching. Uh, you've got the zipper, which is usually a nylon, the backer for the zipper, you know, your collar seal and your wrist seals and probably the material the boot bottom is. So you have Velcro on many of the extra. That's true. Velcro. Over, and, then, so. and then some sort of adhesive. So, yeah. Um, well, then you got the pads that a lot of people have on their knees Sometime on the elbows, meaning the heavy-duty rubber. So I guess 15 different materials as possible. They just sounded a lot when I, you know, I don't think of a wetsuit as being that exotic in manufacture. Well, but uh, I was also curious about biodegradable from the aspect of how many dives before it would biodegrade. Because <laughs> oh. some guys who get three or four dives a year, wow, it works, does wonderful. And some guys who do 105 dives in a summer, it's like uh, I'm diving naked. Now. Well, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. You know, a little, you know, a little gelatin. Uh, you know, you could, you know, form that into a wetsuit, but I don't think you're going to get too many uses out of it. Well, that just means go dry. Therefore, you're not using a wetsuit, and you'll be good. And this one's out of China. An ancient Chinese shipwreck yields yields. Over 180,000 cultural relics. Was it the Nan, Nani One? Probably the most famous ancient shipwreck within Chinese waters announced at a conference of the National Cultural Heritage Administration on Tuesday in Beijing. The wreck of the merchant ship dating back to the Southern Song Dynasty 1127 through 1279 got its name from archaeologists as it was first discovered in the South China Sea off the coast of. Yangying, Guangdong Province in 1987. <laughs> I, I'm sure that's not right. The wreck is uh, 22.95 meters long, 
9.85 meters wide and 2.7 meters deep, according to the Chief Technical Supervisor and National Center of Underwater Cultural Heritage, which leads the research program. The cabin of the ship had recently cleaned up, and the next step in their search will focus on the wooden hull. It is so far the biggest discovery in underwater archaeology in China, Sun said. The cultural relics not only outnumber others, but they also have a wide range of varieties. More than 170,000 porcelain articles, hundreds of gold, silver, and copper articles, lacquerware, and glass pieces were also found on the ship. Full cargo setting off of, uh, was that Quanzhou, Fijian province, one of the world's busiest ports for overseas trade. Sun also revealed that more than 130 tons of iron were found in the wreck, showing the importance of the metal in the ancient overseas trade. Research began in 2000. In 2007, archaeologists decided to salvage a shipwreck via a pool-type container called the Crystal Palace. The follow-up excavation of cultural relics from the wreck buried in the mud began in 2014. The archaeological work has been conducted in a museum and remained open to the public to visit and prove people's general understanding of archaeology. Um, the deputy director showcased the properties of the ancient marine Silk Road to research a shipwreck has been greatly enriched by field of Chinese underwater archaeology. Those, uh, the, the glassware, and I'm sure those are some of the best pieces, but those are absolutely beautiful. Uh, I just sent you a link, and if you want to look at some great stuff, you want to look at the gold. <laughs> They've got the some gold. jewelry. Oh, yeah. They've got some jewelry here. Fantastic. Remember last week we covered another shipwreck from China, and they had all the uh, amphoras and yeah. all the, the glass. I thought this might be the same, but it is not. It is different. And if you look at that link I sent, that is it, – it looks almost – it looks similar, but different. And uh, the coins are outstanding. Did you did you get the link or not? Yeah, I, I pasted it. Oh, like okay. Trying to load. Yeah, the, the gold, they did, that was even down at the bottom of this other article. Uh, but they didn't have it quite as blown up. Uh, well, I look coins. at the coins, man. They're just hundreds and hundreds and thousands. Is it real currency if there's a hole in the middle? I'm trying to remember. There used to be a rule for that or something. It is for them. <laughs> it's like the Chinese anchors they found uh, off the coast of California, mm -hmm. uh, which looked like those coins because they had is a square peg hole in the middle of the anchor. Yeah, and that and that reminded me of those coins. Yes. Yeah, beautiful, nice, some nice finds that they have there. Yeah, the, uh, is, I was going to say they had some a, really fine, fine detail work to it. Yeah, they had another picture. Of the side scan of the bottom of that, I'm trying to relocate it so I can send that to you. But yeah, that I was see really that. interesting. Oh, you did? Well, not the side scan, but the top image that they stitched together. Okay. So it looked like it just it just sat right down, was fully loaded. Yeah. I wonder if at the time this sank, it was just terrible visibility and people didn't realize where it was. I don't know. It seems like somebody would attempt to recover some of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just uh, is amazing that much material and that much. Yeah. Did it say how deep it was? Well, it's saying two point seven meters deep, but I can't tell. Is that the vessel itself, meaning the cargo, or is that the depth in the water? Well, was depth of the water. You think that would have been recovered? Because that's not too deep. No, 
But it couldn't have been too terrible because they actually sound like they made some sort of uh, container to protect it. So very cool. And then Circle of Heroes, Underwater Veterans Memorial, open for diving. Scuba divers took their first official plunge to explore the new Circle of Heroes Memorial in the Gulf of Mexico on Monday. Project organizer said the underwater memorial honoring U.S. veterans is the first of its kind in the nation. The memorial is located about 10 miles off the coast of Clearwater, depth of 40 feet. It consists of 12 life-sized concrete statues representing men and women in the Army, Air Force, Coast Guard, Marines, and Navy. At Monday's dedication ceremony, a crowd of elected leaders, veterans, and their families cheered as the ribbon was cut between two boats open the memorial. It's paid for the mix of private donations and public funding from the Pinellas County. Pinellas County Commissioner Karen Seals says the site is meant for tourists as well as therapy programs to take vets with PTSD and other injuries scuba diving. Not only will this new memorial be a premier international diving destination, but also serve as a place where veterans with physical and mental injuries can heal. Vietnam vet Dave Miller says he wishes the kind of opportunities available to him when he got back from the war. He volunteers at National Aquarium Legion Hospital Reserves at Bay Pines, Virginia, and said the dive site would be great for vets he is working with now. We help a lot of young vets coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, and we're trying to get them off all the opiates, all the medication that they're getting on. A lot of them seek other help for rehab. The diving system they'll be on to dive here is a wonderful place. Twelve more statues will be added memorial in 2020 to complete the 100-foot circle of heroes. Project organizers said the first phase cost about $200,000, including the statues themselves. The barge is used to lower them in place and other expenses. They estimate the second phase will cost $350,000 as the new statues will be custom-made. can learn more at the memorial or get involved uh, if you click the link in the article. Uh, did you take a look at the video? I didn't get a chance to look at the video, but I did see the, the photo. Yeah, the, the, visit, uh, the visibility is very good. And uh, they had a pictorial of the circle itself as they're putting the uh, statues in it. It's always nice when you can see them. Yeah, and they said the other statues were going to be custom made. But didn't these have to be custom made or were they just like duplicates of castings they had already left? That I don't know. But they're very good. I was looking at some of the pictures. Yeah, some nice details. Yes. See, with something like this, would people like that in the Great Lakes? I don't think so because it is not as accessible. Mm-hmm. As long as you, you know, if you have warm water, you got 12 months of the year. Right. You may have three months here. And yeah, just... Lake Michigan kicks up really quick. Mm-hmm. Generally, the ocean, you don't have that same. I mean, the ocean's the ocean, of course, but. You get more violent storms on ours than you do there. Yeah. And then here, this appears to be a new find. Uh, Amazing archaeological discovery of 6th century B.C. anchor pole in the Aegean Sea points to a colossal ship. Five major ancient shipwrecks that carried amphorae and an anchor pole pointed to a large sea vessel were among the amazing finds by archaeologists during underwater search in the bottom of, uh, oh my goodness, another name I can't pronounce. Levitha? Uh, Levitha? 
L-E-V-I-T-H-A, a small island in the Aegean Sea between Amorgos and Leros. The most impressive discovery in 2019 included a mix of shift load amphorae from the Aegean, Phoenician, and Carthage dated just below the middle of the 3rd century B.C. during the maritime domination of the Potomac and no, I'm not going to say what the other empire was. You're going to have to read the article. The shipwreck in Kindos had a trove including amphorae dating back to the same period, while three more shipwrecks with cargoes of cone, pseudocone, and amphorae were found 2nd and 3rd century B.C. In the 2nd century A.D., the shipwreck with amphorae cargo from North Aegean in the 1st century B.C., the shipwreck with cargo of amphora of the 1st century B.C., and finally shipwreck the amphora dating back to the early Christian period. Particular interest is a giant anchor pole lifted from the depths of 45 meters, weighing 400 kilograms, probably dated to the 6th century BC. The largest stone pillar, which has been found to this day in the Aegean, it's most likely used by a colossal sh- sized ship. Discovery are the fruits of the first mission in underwater archaeology research overseen by the Ephorate of Underwater Antiquities in the island of Levitha, which took place in from the 15th to 28th of June, under the direction of archaeologist Dar- George, we'll call him K. <laughs> the underwater archaeology research is conducted for a three-year period from 2019 to 2021 with the aim of identifying documenting ancient shipwrecks in coastal sea the cluster four isolated islands, which appear to have played a key role in ancient modern navigation research funded by the Ministry of Culture and Sport and British Academy of Humanities and Social Sciences was supported by uh, some residents, and I'm not even going to slaughter their names. So, so the, I'm I'm having a hard time understanding what the granite anchor pole is. They showed I, a, a lift bag, but it's almost like the photo doesn't go with it. That can't be it. Or is it the photo below? I think it got to be the photo below where they've got it, something slung, which looks like a big steak fry. Yeah. But that you're talking about almost a thousand pounds, and that doesn't look like that would weigh a thousand pounds. Yeah. So, what is an anchor pole? Anchor pillar. Oh, pillar pole. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing pi- pole from my mind. Hey, you're right. The largest stone pillar. No, but up above it says granite anchor pole, and is the largest stone pillar. Huh. Yeah, because the photos don't necessarily go. Uh, yeah, it, I wish that they had captions of the photos and said just a bunch of photos in the article. So we'll have to keep an eye out. So that does it for Scuba in the News. I think that's everything. Did I skip anything? I don't think mm-hmm. so. No, I think we went we went through them all. They're finding so many M4s and stuff now. You know, the more they find, it seems like the value of those should go down because it's not a unique, one-of-a-kind. Yeah. Now there's yeah. thousands of the same thing. Yeah, just, just send me one. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make a nice lamp. The one at the bottom photo, for a minute yeah. I was wondering, are those jugs full of coins? But it's really rock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unless they were smuggling coins in the jars. Could be. But that had to be pretty deep, too, because the, what, the anchor was, mm-hmm. what, 150 foot? Yeah. And I was just looking at what they're wearing. 
and uh, seem to be doing single tanks, no bailouts. But the Viz looked pretty good. Yeah, it does. So it seems like if maybe you just didn't have divers there, or people, the divers just didn't care to go down to them. But uh, it seems like if you had been diving anywhere near there, you would have spotted some of that stuff. Or maybe that's just the way the island is there. There's just and fours everywhere. Well, I see the the one with the diver. He's got a pony tank, but I'm used. I am willing to bet he's using that tank to fill up the airlift bags. Yeah, that way you don't worry about don't free suddenly flow. get a free flow. Yeah, you just turn it off when you're done. Yeah, but um, can't be too cold because he's in short sleeves. Nah, he's just hardy. Oh yeah, no hood either. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing to do is that we invite them up to Michigan. We'll let them go diving and see if they like our conditions. Yeah, we're in the same stuff. And we can use that to gauge what the temperature was. Yeah. Yeah, asking them would be too easy. Let's see. It Other seems than... like, you know, doesn't it seem like the last couple of weeks there have been new shipwrecks found by a lot of different groups all over the country? It does. Are they getting to the end of their shipwreck season, or are they just getting time to report on them? Well, I think like, a couple of them, remember, were from the oil companies that they had found targets, and mm-hmm. others then went to go take a look at them, finding neat stuff. But again, who's going to be diving 6,000 feet? I, yeah. I'd much rather hear about these shipwrecks here and 150, 200 feet. Yeah. Full of stuff. And the fact that they're still there is pretty impressive, yeah. too. Would you have put an octopus on your face just to win a prize? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I've handled enough exotic animals in my time that you're just asking for it. It doesn't, you know, I, don't, I want uh, even even house pets I'm not a big fan of. You don't put anything close to their mouths that you don't want bit. Well, that's like picking up two, you know, two big lampreys and sticking them on your cheeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, why I, would you do that? <laughs> well, it, it drives me nuts when you see all these YouTube videos of people who are harassing the Maury eels. They, they're going to take your finger off. I mean, they can. And people are goofing around. You know, they've they've seen the videos of uh, other underwater explorers doing it and uh and then the shark i think we we, i don't know i i I haven't quite understood why you know we we go from extremes of where we want everything padded where there's exactly no risk and i think we go to the other extreme of what can we do that it's an unnecessary risk and something's going to happen these are wild animals uh was that was that we didn't cover that last week where that one whale shark which normally is docile and all that, inhaled the scuba diver? No, we didn't. I wish I could find that again. It spit him back out, but I bet that really shook that guy up for a moment. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think his name was Jonah, too. What a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, what are the odds? Yeah. I'm thinking if you're Jonah, you may not want to be swimming around whales. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, they, they train that in the classes. You just don't harass the underwater life, uh, except for lionfish, because what can happen bad with a lionfish? Yeah, what can happen bad, <laughs> especially with bare hands? A, a venomous spined creature. Yeah. 
but I guess they're tasty. We we can yeah. You, well, you take the regulator out of your mouth, you shove that in your mouth, take a picture, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. You, you call that a lionfish smile. Uh, we'll come visit you in the hospital, or at your <laughs> viewing, one or the other. The probably may be the viewing. Oh, pufferfish too. I mean, that would be an interesting one. You could do before and after. Uh, or or parrotfish. I mean, there's just so many of these. They're they live in a harsh environment that uh, just about everything they either eat or they get eaten by. <laughs> there's really no the very little parody of we get along. Well, I don't think anybody's going to try to put a sea urchin in their mouth and take a picture. No, no. Sea urchins, starfish. I, I don't even think a sea cucumber would be good. <laughs> Electric eel in your pants, maybe, but, you know, it just depends how you roll. So do you have uh, a safety story this week? or No, I don't really have one today since I got back late. But yeah. as a case in point, since we were talking about uh-huh. taking care of your buddy, making sure you do your, your gear checks and all that, we were especially attentive today as we got suited up. Everybody checked air pressure, regulators breathing before you got in there because you really didn't want to flop in that water and uh, not have your regulator turned on or your tank turned on, regulator breathing or working. And mm-hmm. uh we checked one rig, and it's like, oops, wait a minute. Let's go ahead and, you know, put a little puff in our BCs. Go puff, and it don't work. It's because it looked like it was connected, but it wasn't. Oh. So we just finished the job. So it's one of those, there was no issue because we did good gear checks. We did find a potential item and corrected it because everybody was trying to be proactive and making sure nobody got hurt. So you pay attention, you help out the other guy, because that other guy could be you sometime. And I think everybody came back in with at least a 1,000 pounds, and we still spent an hour down there. Yeah, that's that's the nice thing about diving shallow. You know, it's like the shallower you can dive and, and enjoy yourself, the longer time you have underwater. Oh, absolutely. And the fish, uh, they were every bit, well, you 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 know my underwater uh, poker I use, right? My S one, how big that is, looks like a meat hook. Mm-hmm. The fish out there were twice that big all over the place. And they were to the part, they were aggressive. There's one sort of white-looking fish. He was beating up on them. You must have been in his mating zone or something. Because you're sitting there and you're wondering, what is that funny noise? And then, and then you look around, there's some fish beating on your arm. And uh, we did not find any crayfish today but those fish i mean they were right at your hand the whole time if you'd had a bag you'd you'd had all sorts of fish for supper uh we did find some good clams uh a lot of sand up under the bridge and uh everything has been turned over really bad i mean it's all brand new you're not gonna you're gonna find maybe in the shallows broken pieces and to find anything you've got to dig I'm just, I'm just envious. Other than the current, I think I could. I'm not a big fan of being ripped around by rough current, but. Well, like I said, if you haven't been in the water, this would not be a good place for your first dive of the year. No. 
Yeah. And you want to make sure you've got everything dialed in. You want to make sure everything's been serviced. You got uh, the weight maybe just a little bit extra as we right. and, and, with, and with the nice diving. Part, and what the boat is, we went on the, I mean, we weren't, what, 20 feet from shore. Yeah. Yeah, because you can and get we, in the, you can get the uh, shore and then head down. Right. That's why we did that. Even if you got carried away, you can make yourself over to the, the shoreline, mm-hmm. reorient yourself. Go back down, then start grabbing stuff and pulling your way up. And that's what uh, Kirk did. We watched him first and uh, said, okay, we can do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. We learned real quick, though, anything that created drag, flag, uh, inner tube, you did mm-hmm. not want that, plus the snag hazard. Yeah. You had Kurt with you? Kurt went, yeah. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, he must be enjoying that retired life, too. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Do we have anything we need to plug? Uh, not for everybody, but we got the club picnic. Not this plug. Saturday, but the seventeenth is the club picnic. Yep, yep. Um, unfortunately, I can't make it this year. I've got uh, the fair. I know corn dog got, person. Oh, well, corn dogs, and then I've also got uh, a robotics event going on. <laughs> and so, of course, we do have the ecology dive the twenty first, and yep, I and really I, hope. That the uh, current will moderate. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I I still owe you the photo for that, so hopefully tomorrow I can get that done. If not, sometime this next week I should be able to because I'll be off for the fair. Right, and on September the twenty eighth, uh, I'll be sponsoring that presentation at the uh, Benton Harbor Airport on uh, Taurus Lasinko and AT mm-hmm. recovery on. Oh, excellent. The recovery of military aircraft out there in Lake Michigan, and maybe some heads up or. Uh, more information on the UC-97 because uh, Taurus is trying to get permission to bring it up. So maybe yeah. we can get an update on that. Yeah, that'd be nice to get an update on that. And Yeah, it's uh, hard to believe it's been that long already. It seems like such wasn't too long ago and it was going to be a while before he's going to be able to even talk about anything. So mm-hmm. Very nice. And, and he does have the book. It'll be a book signing for him also. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping that's going to be a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. So either you're a pilot or you like aircraft, that'll be a good one to go to. <clears throat> and divers into our backyard, you want to see what they've been dragging up. Yeah. Yeah, that's some of the ultimate uh, recovery is to, to pull up some of those old aircraft. And maybe, maybe we could get a little information on the Chikora. Ah, yes. Since he believes he has found that also. That'd be nice. Yes. Looking forward to it. And if anybody out there wants to come to the ecology dive and doesn't want to dive or does want to dive, come on out. Come on down. Yeah. We can use all the help we can get. Yeah. And we're hoping you're enjoying the program. Uh, I can see downloads have been increasing. So if you're one of the, the new listeners and you'd like to help us out, we certainly could appreciate it. One way you can do that is by visiting our website, www.scubaobsessed.com. Click on over the Patreon link and uh, donate $3 or more, and that will get you early access to our show notes. We also have uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash scubaobsessed, or on Twitter at scubaobsessed. Um, and if you want to give us some feedback, the show at scubaobsessed.com will get an email to us. And if you don't hear from us within 
three or four days of sending the email, try again. It probably just got caught in the spam filter or we missed it somehow. So I think we are getting close to that time of the show. Are you ready? We're ready. I'm sitting down and everything. Okay. I've got a whole smattering of, uh, of jokes. So let me well, see. The ones you had last week were pretty good, especially the last one. So now you've set the bar. You've got to maintain yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's, yeah, I'll, we'll have a couple and maybe we'll just, we'll stop on the one that actually qualifies. So I went on a date last night, my date, I told my date that I worked with animals every day. She says, oh, how sweet. What do you do? I said, I'm a butcher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she was from PETA. Or yeah. 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 Preferably a vegan, you know, because that, that goes, that, that line would go really well. Oh, yeah. Well, here, here's another one. During a funeral, the pallbearers accidentally bump the wall whilst carrying the coffin. And when they do, they hear a faint moan. So they open the casket only to find the woman inside is actually alive. She lives for 10 more years after this and eventually dies. So there's another funeral. At the end of the service, the pallbearers carry out the casket. The husband cries, watch out for the wall. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. Oh. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> we may we may end it on that one yeah we might as well <laughs> so on that note go out there and get wet and stay safe out for the wall. Uh, I see Craig is still there. Yeah, Craig's there. We didn't run him into the wall. <laughs>